1: you can drink beer with. Start your engine!
2: It's the Nick D Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Hello there. It is the Nick D Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And uh, hello, we are here. Episode number 44 of the Nick T podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Please spread the word. Tell your friends. Get more subscribers. Check out all the great uh, podcasts. There are so many amazing, varied, very cool podcasts at radiomisfits.com as part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and I'm uh, thrilled to be a part of it. Hey, by the way, uh, I do want to mention, if you want to be a sponsor, if you want to advertise on the Nick T podcast, we would love you to do that. Uh, you will reach a lot of people. For some reason, this podcast is popular. <laughs> and I thank you for that, but it's popular. And, uh, hey, if you want to be a sponsor, you want to start uh, getting some ads here and be heard and uh, and reach a lot of people, contact us, sales at radiomisfits.com. Say, hey, I want to be a sponsor. I want to advertise on the Nick D podcast. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Be a sponsor today. Also, be a part of the Nick D Podcast. You can leave us a voicemail message. We love to listen to them. We love to play them here on the podcast. Leave any message, question, comment, suggestion, thoughts, anything, 773-417-6948. Or you can drop us an email with your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your suggestions, any feelings yet you have, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, my thanks to Jason Skaggs for doing all the work on the themes and the music and the noise and all the great stuff that you hear here. He is an unbelievably amazing dude. Jason Skaggs in Houston now. Check him out on Patreon and Facebook. Um, But, yeah, if you want to be a part of the podcast, uh, voicemail is 773-417-6948. And, actually, someone left us a voicemail, and we love to hear them. We've heard a ton of them, and every once in a while we play some. Here's one of them right now.
1: Hey, Nick. This is Lori in Rockford. I have listened to your show for years. And, what it's been a rough last couple of years for all of us, and it's such a relief to have you back on. Um, I'm a teacher, and, it man, was it, it's been especially difficult. We even had a school shooting in our parking lot this year, and it's just been really difficult. And I can't, can't begin to tell you how much of a relief it is that you're back and provide a little more sanity in my life. So thank you. And I've been trying to spread the word to everyone that you're back. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Lori. That's really sweet. That's the kind of supportive stuff we've been hearing, people spreading the word and getting out there, um, people who have been listening to me for a long time. You have no idea how much that means to me. Lori, thank you very much. I'm glad we made it through the uh, last couple of rough years, and we're going to continue to go on, and I'll be continue uh, to be here to let you know uh, what's happening and entertain you. And speaking of entertaining, coming up right after uh, we say congratulations, and of course, my uh, my girlfriend says, "Hi, I'm
0: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show."
2: Yes, I understand. I love you too. That's Carrie Russell. Well, anyway, coming up, Rose Abdu is going to join us. Rose Abdu is a tremendous actress uh, who you remember from a, a ton of things, including most recently Hacks, which is the great HBO uh, Max um, streaming show that she co-stars on, uh, which, by the way, has been renewed announced today. Uh, For a third season. But she is Gypsy on Gilmore Girls. And if you know me at all, you know how much I love Gilmore Girls. It's one of my favorite shows ever. And uh, Gypsy is an unbelievably awesome character. Uh, And Rose Abdu plays her. Rose spent uh, several years right here in Chicago. She worked at Second City. Uh, She did work there and on stage here. And then she's been in TV, uh, TV shows and movies and all kinds of great stuff. A tremendous actress who I'm thrilled to be talking to. Rose Abdu is going to join us, and then a little bit later on, my partner in crime, my buddy, my friend Esmeralda Leon, and I are going to uh, get together again as we do on every uh, episode and talk about. We're going to talk about 90s movie soundtracks and some of the best movie soundtracks and and songs specifically from the 90s. Uh, it was a great it was a great decade, the 90s. It was really really great. We're going to continue our uh, our, our weird taste test for candy, pizza flavored candy today. And I still have those really scary facts from the book, Are You Shitting Me? Throw a few more of these real scary facts at uh, Esmeralda and see how she does with that. So that is all coming up right here. Again, uh, be a part of it. Uh, leave us a voicemail at 773-417-6948. Send us an email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you want to sponsor, you want to be, reach out to a lot of people and reach a lot of people, Contact us and say, hey, I really want to get some ads on and buy, and, and buy some ads and do some sponsorship at the Nick D podcast. Sales at RadioMisfits.com is the way to go. And rate and review us on every platform. All right. Let's say hello to Rose Abdu. But first, congratulations.
0: Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap Oh yeah, don't be a jaggle.
2: I am so excited uh, to welcome to the podcast a terrific actress who's been in a, a ton of stuff. Uh, movies, TV, voiceover work, all kinds of really cool stuff. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's odd that on this day that we're making this recording, some very good news uh, concerning this actress has been released to the public. Uh, you know her in a ton of stuff, uh, and I love her so much as Gypsy uh, in Gilmore Girls. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast or my radio show from years ago, you know I'm obsessed with Gilmore Girls, and therefore I love Gypsy, and I am unbelievably uh, thrilled to welcome Rose Abdu to the show. Rose, how are you?
0: Hello, Nick. It's very nice to be here.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so thrilled that you uh, that you, that you're that you're doing the uh, the the show here, and I've been a fan for for many many years. And uh, the, I, I alluded to I don't want to tease anyone anymore, but I alluded to the fact that uh, you heard some good news today regarding. Um, Hacks and Hacks is a show that you most recently started. Yes. On. Uh, tell us about the great news about Hacks.
0: Well, you said, is it, was it, uh, you know, just a coincidence or maybe it was meant to be? You're my first interview. The scoop. The scoop is that we got a pickup for season three this morning.
2: I I, 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 you have no idea how excited I am about that at being a fan of the show. And I got to say, I got to say, I think it was me, Rose. I think that's what did it.
0: It had to be. well congratulations timing thank Uh, you we heard like they sent an email at about 11 o'clock last night and um they told us you know keep it confidential until eight o'clock this morning so we just couldn't be more excited I mean we had a feeling it would get a pickup but I'm just so thrilled that the fans have received it so well and we'll see what happens uh where they can take the characters in another season
2: Yeah. You know, and and I have to say, I'm so thrilled that it's coming back. But, you know, I will say this. It did have a nice wrap up. You know what I mean? Season two ended. And if they didn't renew it, I would have been, you know, satisfied. I'm glad that they did. And I want more. But what I'm saying is, would you agree that there's a really satisfactory final episode on season two?
0: Yeah, they seem to do everything in a way that if it's a season finale or a series finale, it worked. It worked for either one.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's I'm glad it was just a, a season finale. I'm glad to hear that Me it's back. Me too. See, I bet you are. <laughs> uh, before we get started into some of the stuff that you want, and I, I'm going to talk your ear off about Gilmore Girls. I hope you don't mind. Um, sure. I am a That's maniac. really
0: like, oh, I love that. people. You know what? And We really love meeting our, our guy fans. Like, it's just, because, you know, back in the day when it was on, a lot of people would be like, what's Gilmore Girls? And I would say it's a mother-daughter and three generations of women. And, of course, there's a lot of, guys in Stars Hollow, but it's always fun because I had to convince so many of my guy friends to watch it and then they fell in love with it. But I just love meeting people that have found it on their own and really like know that it's quality writing and acting and everything.
2: It's uh, as good as it gets. It's for, for my money. It's as good as uh, television gets. And uh, and I, I will say this, Rose, for people who, uh, who already know me and have been fans of my, my podcast now and my radio show back when on GN when I did it for years. Um, there is i 'm a i 'm on the verge of turning fifty seven and i 'm a i 'm a white heterosexual fifty seven year old man and there 's an inner teenage girl inside me and that pops <laughs> out that pops out uh with my taste in television i happen to uh be i it all started with my so called life um, okay and Party of Five the same year, and I obsessed with those. Oh, me
0: too. I was obsessed with Party of Five. And did you also do um, Gossip Girl?
2: Oh my God, Rose! Please,
0: I loved that show.
2: I uh. so oh, I have a little this. This is a soundbite that I use all the time. Rose, listen to this.
0: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, okay. and I love Nick's show, yes. Felicity.
2: Yes, my God, Rose, I lost my mind over that show. <laughs> I
0: love that. I loved Felicity. Yes. <laughs> I, I love Felicity. I loved Gossip Girl. I used to watch Dawson's Creek. I watched yep. all of it.
2: All that's me too. And my friends, you know, like, you know, because I also watch pro wrestling on Monday nights. And so my friends are like, what the hell is wrong with you? Are sure. you, is there something wrong with you? And when Gilmore Girls started. Uh, you're
0: a I, well-rounded individual. <laughs> that's
2: what I tell well-rounded them. Well-rounded
0: individual. Is can, that, I re- yeah. can
2: I record that and carry it around with me and just play it? for the <laughs> But there it's, you go. it's <laughs> funny because when Gilmore Girls uh, came on, I was already, you know, already done you know felicity had been had, had been over already and it was obviously the same network as uh, as felicity or felicity yeah felicity mm-hmm. had ended at that point or just ended um and when gilmore girls came on i was already you know in, in the deep end of the pool of nick is a 14 year old girl who likes those kinds of shows <laughs> and once i started watching it's like okay i'll watch it it'll be fun you know it, it'll, it'll, it'll be cool but then it goes beyond just that kind of Thing Like, it's really extraordinarily beautifully written television and beautifully acted.
0: Oh, I, I really, I'm so, it's so lovely to hear that. And it's really, what I find so fascinating about it is it has endured. I mean, you know how some sometimes things with a ton of pop culture references, if you watch, you know, you're watching 2002 and here it is 2022, it, it can seem dated, but it really holds up. Yeah. I think, the, you know, the fans know the show a lot better than I do, but but yeah. I really think that, you know, it's still adorable whenever I catch pieces of it.
2: Uh, I love it. I do. And you can watch it. I mean, it's there. There are a bunch of channels like uh, the uh, up network shows it all the time. Uh, I Mm -hmm. mean, it's it's on all it's on all the time, which is great. But I want to I want to actually start out uh, before we jump into the Gilmore Girls stuff. And there's plenty of questions I have for you and hacks and all the other tons of stuff you did. Uh, You spent some time here in (laughs) Chicago. You have some connections here. You did Second City, you did some theater. Tell me about the time that you spent, how you got here, and what you did while you were in this lovely city. Which, by the way, Rose, we're in the middle of a heat wave right now. It is uh, 100 degrees, and I'm sure you remember this while you spent time here. It is uh, 100 degrees outside with, you know, like the humidity uh, is ridiculous. And this is like the third day in a row of I
0: madness. just remember, one-fourth of July, we had a barbecue, and the, the, we were all inside with the air conditioning, and we left the hot dogs on the deck we were in my friend's apartment in like Rogers Park and we went back out there and I was like, well, the hot dogs are cooked by the sun. <laughs> it was just, I just remember it's like insane hot. It's either way too you know, I love Chicago, but it really is either way too hot or way too cold. And then you get that one perfect weekend that makes you fall in love and want to stay there for. I stayed there 17 years. I just loved it. I lived in Detroit and I did not like driving. So I thought, what city can I move to where I don't have to drive? It's funny that I ended up playing an auto mechanic because I I never really liked to drive, and I went and also to and Chicago. also on top of that
2: you, and on top of that you're from Detroit, <laughs> so. right?
0: Mo- yeah, exactly, Motor City. But <laughs> I didn't drive, and so I went to to Michigan State where I didn't need a car, and then after that I went to Chicago and I started. I did go there specifically for Second City because the Second City um, traveling uh, tour co the touring company came to Michigan State, and when I saw them, I thought this is exactly what I want to do. I just I had been in so many plays at Michigan State and it was like they didn't need costumes they were wearing street clothes and they could create scenes with just two chairs four chairs you know and I just loved the economy of it I loved the the musical interludes I loved everything about it so I knew that to get into Second City I had to move to Chicago so I did in 1988 and I took the five levels of classes at Second City at the time there were each level was five weeks I think and I auditioned and my audition I think they told us there were like 350 people in that round and they only needed six people. So Mm. I was really, it was just one of those things, you know, when you're young and you don't think the odds are against me. You're just like, well, I could do this. You know, it's just that that naivete. So I did it. And my first touring company was Chris Farley, Steve Colbert, Ian Gomez, who you will remember from Felicity. Felicity, Yeah, yeah, Jenna Jolovitz and uh, Paul Danello, And we toured and then eventually I toured with Amy Sedaris, Greg Holliman. And all those people were like just so important to my early comedy days. And then, you know, I I loved Chicago. I I started to do plays. There were those, I did a Neil Simon play at the Briar Street and another one at the Royal George. And I was very, very happy to be a working actor in Chicago. And then I got cast in an eight episode television series that Robert Zemeckis was directing called Johnny Bago. And I came, it was CBS eight episodes. And I, and then I came to LA, but I, and then I went back and forth for for like seven years because I just wasn't, I just wasn't into California. And then eventually, I moved here permanently in 2001. And maybe a month after I moved, I got the audition for Gypsy. So
2: I have to. we have to talk a little bit about your time in Chicago because, I like you, I studied at Second City. Um, mm-hmm. And I did a ton of theater. I was artistic director at a theater company called The Factory.
0: I uh, remember The Factory, of course.
2: Yeah, and I, I wrote and directed and appeared in a bunch of shows there and was AD for, I don't know, off and on for about eight, nine, 10 years, something like that. And, uh, factory still around in Rogers park, as you mentioned, they're on Howard street now in a, in a beautiful Incredible. space and they're still working, uh, and made it through COVID God bless. Um, so, but yeah, the, I think you and I wrote, we ran around in the same circles around that time period. Um, I was, uh, AD at factory in the, th- through the mid to late nineties. Um, so, so you I,
0: must know Sean Abley.
2: Sean Ebley, yes. He's a great Yeah, Sean Ebley, yeah, yeah. Yep. I know yeah. Sean. I know uh, Mitchell Fane. Amy Fain, Seeley. Amy Seeley, right. Mitchell Fane. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I worked with all of them. I've acted with all of them. Uh, Super one of the,
0: talented group of people.
2: One of the first plays really I ever cool did. Cool
0: and innovative stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. One of the first plays I ever did with The Factory uh, was uh, Amy wrote, wrote it with Sean. Sean directed it. He appeared in it. It was called Bitches. Um, and Mitchell was in that uh, production. I feel like of that as I remember well. that. 13 Guys in Drag.
0: I feel like. The super, oh my gosh. So the super innovative stuff was coming out of the annoyance and the factory. And I mean, we did some cool stuff at Second City, of course, but I always found our stuff to be more like, well, when the tourists come to town, maybe they see, you know, Second City main stage, certainly. I was in the ETC, but I loved all the super innovative stuff that was coming out of the late night shows of both the factory and the annoyance. It was a very exciting time to be in Chicago.
2: It was. I, I was lucky enough to have directed a play that became sort of a standard uh, in late night theater in Chicago, I directed White Trash Wedding and a Funeral, which became like this sort of like monster hit that ran for oh, like three and a half. Oh, that
0: was a cult a cult classic.
2: Yeah, I directed that. So yeah,
0: fantastic.
2: <laughs> was, yeah, I appreciate that. No, we had a great time with it. But it's so good. That, I mean, we ran in the same circles. That's really, really uh, um, amazing. Wait, tell me about the Robert Zemeckis thing. Uh, uh, I, I wasn't so aware that of that.
0: So that was, you know, there was a TV series called Johnny Bago, and they the producers actually called themselves the Chicago Five. I think because they went to a Cubs game at Wrigley Field and they said, wouldn't it be funny if there was a guy that that's a um, a mafia guy, but he, you know, uh, commits a crime. And then he travels around the country in a Winnebago because he hits his head on the Winnebago logo on the dashboard. He's trying to escape. <laughs> and then, and it's like, so politically incorrect. And he's, and he calls himself Johnny Bago and he's on the lam and he's got this ex wife that turned parole the circus she's, them, so she's chasing him around the country and yeah. it was yeah. insane it was like an hour long way ahead of its time an hour long comedy action adventure series on cbs in the summer of 93 and it was every huge guest star that you could have from tv was in it peter dobson starred i played the ex-wife beverly florio yeah. and it was just really fun but I, I was plucked out of a play to do eight episodes of a tv series so all of a sudden i was like living here i had a driver i was like people were bringing me food and it was just so weird. It was like just so opposite of theater where you just have to do everything for yourself, you know? Yeah. It was really wow. That's, a, that's really amazing.
2: And Zemeckis is one of my favorite, uh, uh filmmakers yeah. uh, and writers ever on the planet. Uh, wow. 93. That's right before Forrest Gump.
0: Wow! Right before Forrest Gump, they were working on casting Forrest Gump, and Peter of the who played my husband and Johnny Bago got to be Elvis in Forrest Gump. And I'm like, well, where's my role in Forrest Gump? We didn't really. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't get to be in that one, but we really had a ball. And the and Steve Starkey was one of the producers, and Peter Seaman, Jeff Price, like they were Frank Frank Marshall, who had done a million things. Yeah. He, they did all these movies, so they were pretty big, you know, big name people doing TV. But the problem was they said, you know, we were um, paired with a production company called Papazian and Hirsch. And they said, the problem is you're working with guys who create the short ends and the other guys who buy them up. So it was this duality of like, here's movie people using, you know, they're used to wasting film and they don't care. And then the TV producers were like, wait, 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 wait wait a minute. We got to watch the bottom line. So it it didn't work out. And we only made eight episodes. But actually, my husband, when I met him in 2001 in L.A., he said, Hey, you were in the TV show Johnny Bago. I go, you were one of the twelve people that watched it. Like it was like, but you know, at the time, it got a twelve share, which is like considered it's huge now—twelve million people watching it. But back then, it was like that wasn't considered a big enough thing to stay on TV.
2: Yeah, and then so so out of that, then you said you 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 would travel back and forth between here and L.A um yeah was there was there a specific gig that you got in LA that said okay now I gotta move here was it was there one specific I think gig? you know
0: honestly Nick it was after 9-11 it was like I was doing you know I, I had a um I was involved with a group of women very talented women who did solo monologue work called the sweat girls and we had did a show that ran for six months and we were doing solo performance stuff and um 9-11 happened and I really it just it felt like if I'm ever going to do it I guess I might as well do it now you know it just felt like wait, is the, so is the world ending? Like what's going on actually, you know? And so I just decided to move. I lived in um, Andersonville above a liquor store. It was owned by this really lovely Palestinian man, Gus. My next door neighbor was a Muslim, Lebanese guy. And I am Lebanese Christian, but it's like, we were just our own little, why can't people get along the way the three of us get along? You know, it was scary because at the time, you know, it was, it was getting a little bit, um, I didn't feel safe. And in Chicago, I had always felt safe. Yeah, and it, You know, maybe it, it would be a temporary thing, but I decided to just come here and see what could happen. And and then I ended up um, getting cast in That's So Raven and Gilmore Girls almost in the same month, in the first uh, month they moved here.
2: Clap, both of them. Clap. And by the way, you lived in Andersonville? I lived in Andersonville for 14 yeah. years. I was... That's oh where gosh. I lived. I lived at Clark
0: and Foster. I, I lived above the Bilo Liquors. Uh, oh
2: my God! Did you really? Did you go to Simon's? Yeah,
0: of course, all the time. <laughs> Simon's like my family would call me on that payphone sometimes.
2: I, I can't. So how did funny. we not? How did
0: we not hang out? I
2: don't know. I, I maybe lived, we did
0: hang out. Did we may, hang out? I don't think we. Hung, I, I think we must
2: you. have. We had to have yeah. crossed paths because Simon's was like my second home. I'm not kidding. And right, I li- I lived at Belmoral and Palina. At the, on the corner oh of God. Belmoral and Palomar. Right
0: there. Did you go to Cheetah Gym?
2: Yes, I did, and I would. So go did I. To...
0: Now your listeners are going. Could they reminisce more about their old neighborhood? <laughs> could they? Could, it was they cool...
2: could they, remember... alienate? Could they...
0: Right. <laughs> right. But remember Reza's. 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 And, and yes. And, yeah. Reza's. Um, the. Ken, uh, how, about, how, how about? How
2: about this, Rose? Augie's Diner.
0: You know, I never ate there. Oh I know no. Exactly Re- what you mean. Never. Oh. oh I either. never ate, and I don't. I can't even tell you why. I just. I would go to Ann Sathers. I yep. would go to where else? All that that street. I was there all the time. Me in too. That apartment and my apartment. The shape of my apartment was very much like Jerry Seinfeld's. It was. It had the kitchen counter and the. It just looked. It looked like a sitcom apartment. It was so. But, I loved that apartment.
2: I can't believe we we must have crossed paths and didn't know it. I'm sure that we sat at Simon's at the bar because I'm not kidding. I was there every night.
0: <laughs> How funny! <laughs> yep. I remember.
2: Yeah, we would finish shows at the factory, and we would go there. Uh, yeah, it was it was absolutely. There was a period of time when the factory was on Clark. Right, it used to right. be the, foot, the footstep space on the second floor. Yep. And we would, you know, we would rehearse and then drink. And we'd go to the Simons and drink. And that yeah, was yeah, real, yeah.
0: That was it was a real. great time for Arctic. Yeah. You know, I just like it was. Yeah. fun to go when you weren't in a show, you're all your different yeah. stuff i i remember going to the neo-futurary much like makes the big go blind those the group of people they yeah, were phenomenal yeah, yeah. like just it's just so cool to watch how people have continued to be creative over the years too yeah
2: well it's great that we've it's it's amazing that we have that in common man oh man we we've probably uh, drank together and didn't even know it <laughs> so, yeah. yeah it's amazing i know and so, I'm, we're,
0: I'm similar you're fit you're younger than me i'm gonna be 60 in november so mm-hmm. like I'm 59 now and 57, you know, it's, I, I think we, we probably, yeah, I had a lot of overlapping people. That's really cool.
2: Yeah. It, it's amazing. Uh, 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 yeah. So anyway, I did. And, and in fact, some of the people that, uh, that I, you know, I posted some stuff on on social media about you being on the, being on the podcast and uh, a lot of my friends who are in LA now who were part of the company back in those days uh, are like, Oh my God, Rose is going to be on. It's great. And so they're spreading the word. So <laughs>
0: it's fantastic. That's so nice.
2: Yeah. So, uh, okay, before we get to Gilmore Girls, let's talk about – because a, a ton of stuff uh, that you've been in, and we'll get, get to that. But, uh, w- you know, we we talked about Hacks getting uh, getting renewed now for a third season. We're all very happy about it. Um, I love you on the show. Um, my first question is, do you now hate Anita Baker? Is that
0: – That's hilarious. You know, when I watched the episode, I went, oh, my God, they really had that CD play through the whole. I love that they did that. <laughs> So funny that night when I came home, I was like, "This is literally never going to get out of my head." Now it's <laughs> never going to get out. But because I had seen her in Detroit years and years ago, I felt like this is a full circle moment for me. I, I love that it. It, it, it the choice was Anita Baker for that CD. It's yeah, really I mean, funny.
2: for people who might not know, there's a there's a moment where they're yeah. in this this house, this rented house and this sweet love by Anita Baker plays every single time they, they smash cut back to the, I can't get
0: it to turn off. And I, my character cannot get it to turn off, which I I, I really love. They do little things like that in every episode that just crack me up. I mean, they're really just, uh, if if they do things that you, you just don't expect. And when you come across them in the script, you know, I was saying to these friends of mine, I almost, I read my parts. I almost don't want to read the whole thing because I love to be surprised. I'm uh, a, such a fan of the show that I don't want to know what happens. And I figure, well, one of them I didn't even read. I didn't read the entire um, eighth <laughs> episode because I was like, Josefina's not, you know, she's not privy to what goes on on the road. So I, I just read the parts that applied to me Yeah,
2: because I well, wanted t- to be surprised. <laughs> I do want to mention there are so many great, funny things in it and amazing cast and everything. But th- I think the hardest I laughed, and I laughed at, I mean... I think the second season is funnier than the first season, and I love the first season, but the second season, I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, Rose, but I think a lot of the periphery characters, the supporting characters, got to do a lot more shit on the second season. I agree. Yeah, Um, I agree. And allowed to be unbelievably funny. It became a little bit more of an ensemble and not just a two-person show, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? But did you feel that way, that everybody got to shine a little bit more in the second season?
0: Yes, they let us I, I think everyone got their kind of showcasing moment, which was really lovely because, you know, it's a lot of people to serve. And then, you know, at, at, when you're in an ensemble of a show, you're excited that there's going to be these really great guest stars. Like Lori Metcalf is one of my favorite actresses. Oh, and I was God. like, oh, my gosh, now I can say I was in a show with her, even though we didn't have a scene together. Like right. you're happy that there's these guest stars. But at the same time, a little part of you is like, well, I hope they give me something to do. And then they did. So yeah. it was really gratifying. You know, it's really yeah. fun.
2: Uh, no, in the second season, God, you mentioned Laurie Metcalf. She is so hilarious on the two episodes that yeah. she's on. Oh yep. my God! Uh, yeah. She's well, anyway, I'm mean, obviously, favorite. you know, we're, I'm from Chicago, and so you know, Laurie Metcalf is a you know right. a I mean, goddess she's, here.
0: Yeah, she's a, a, an icon of theater. And you know, when she was on Roseanne, it was just exciting to watch someone go from you know Chicago theater. I mean, of course, Steppenwolf—they're all stars now. But yeah. It, it, yeah. it was really cool as a young actor going, "Wow, you could make that transition from being in a." in a play in chicago to being on television so yeah. it was it was really cool how did hacks
2: uh how, how did hacks uh come to you tell me a little bit about how you got uh, how you got the part
0: so the casting director actually i believe was the steppenwolf linda lowey was um became casting uh hbo head of casting for hbo and i had auditioned for her many many times you know ray's anatomy and scandal and back in the day in Chicago, like I've just known her for a while. So I think that's how the script originally came to me. But I have to tell you, honestly, like, there were people that on my team that advised me, you know, I don't know about this. This is first of all, it's the height of the pandemic. And there were no vaccines. And it was I remember March fourth, I think of 2020, I think right before everything just shut down. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make an audition tape for it. Nobody could go anywhere. You had to make the audition tape in your house. And I said, I want to do this because it's very special. I read the script and thought I haven't read a script like this in, in forever. Like, I just, I read all, I read a pilot in its entirety when I'm going to audition for any tiny piece of it. That I do do. Yeah. I do. And so I was thinking, this is something I just want to be involved in. I don't care if I have to walk across the, you know, just offer them water. And then I remember the first day of, um, they were kind of talking about, I don't know, do we need that monologue? And I went straight up to the producers and I said, after I got cast, I, I took this role because I thought the, the drink list was so funny when Josefina, first of all, they're they're just so collaborative and wonderful. They're wonderful people. The character's name was Yenira, And I said, they said, Rose, do you have any ideas? Once they told me, like, I think I auditioned March 4th and they let me know in May that I was going to oh, be playing okay. this house manager. Yeah. So I said, you know, I think her name should be Josefina because my mother knew this woman named Josefina. I thought Jean would have more fun yelling Josefina than Yenira. I just... That's who, yeah. And they let me name the character. So oh, I told man. them who it was, you know, I told them uh, what my thoughts about it were and how I felt like she was the Dominican version of Carson from Downton Abbey, that she uh-huh. wasn't just a maid, she was a house manager. And they completely were on the same page, with that's how they thought of the character too. So it was just one of those synchronistic things where they, they felt the same way about the character that I did, which is, you know, they obviously have a history. If you watch season one, you see that I sit on Deborah Vance's bed when she's sorting her clothes. You know, other people in the mansion wear a a uniform and Josefina wears her own thing. So you can tell it's something's different about their relationship than just an average person. You can tell the history she's been with her long. She's, you know, celebrated DJ her daughter's birthdays. And so I really love that they, we haven't really even seen how it came to pass that Josefina started working for Deborah. So hopefully they'll get to that.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you can, you, can, you can see that when you're watching it. That kind of homework really pays off. I mean, you can tell. At yeah. least I could when I was watching That's it. Fair. Let right. me ask you, uh, you know, you, you, in an amazing cast that you get to work with, obviously you mentioned Gene Smart, who is just unbelievable. And, you know, over the past couple of years, finally getting awards right. heaped on her like she's deserved for years. That must be kind of yes. gratifying to be a part of a show where Gene Smart is finally being, you know, canonized the way she should have been years ago. Yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. And I've been a fan of hers forever. And one of the most recent things I had seen before Hacks was Dirty John, where I just thought, she, I just think she's just amazing in everything she does. And she's one of the nicest people I've ever worked with. She's just so kind and funny. And, you know, she she's she's like someone you just want to be around all the time. And I, I can't say enough about her. And I just wouldn't even say that if it weren't true. You know, it, I really, that's what, you know, it trickles down from the top. And the producers are lovely. And she's so lovely that it makes everyone feel kind of you know I, I don't want to be like cliche and go we're like a family but it yeah. is it really yeah. it really is uh,
2: so uh let me ask you about what it's like to because you guys are so great together um you and uh mark uh, Il Delicato, Il Delicato, uh-huh. are hilarious yeah. together tell me about oh thank you tell me about the the, you know, the the relationship there
0: i just adore him and he really was so kind to me at the end of the you know it was difficult to like get to know each other that first season. Cause like I said, we were really not supposed to hang around with each other. We were always supposed to keep our distance, keep the masks on, you know, one of the fun things about being in a show is you go, you eat lunch together and you kind of hang around between scenes. And we couldn't do any of that. We had to go take, you know, your meal would get delivered to your trailer and you have to keep the door shut. And, you know, we just couldn't mix with each other. So second season was a little looser because the vaccine had come about. And, you know, we were, but we got to know each other a little bit and he, sent me the loveliest text about how he was, I guess it was before ugly Betty that he used to watch that. So even and he, he, he gave me such a nice compliment. And i mm. saying like, I represented that the fact that he could go from a kid, you know, watching TV in Pennsylvania to being on TV. And here I thought, Oh, this kid's been, you know, working a working actor since forever, you know, since he was really yeah. tiny, but I was such a fan of his that the first day I got to see him on the set. I said, I cannot believe I'm working with Justin from ugly Betty because right. I was I just loved, I used to tape that show and rewind his scenes. I'm such, such a fan of his, of everything about him. And he's just a lovely person. So and, that and has then, become, you know, and I love the fact that we got to be sort of adversarial. Yeah. With and Damien. Yeah, it was really fun.
2: It's fun stuff. It's really fun. Oh, that's really cool that you guys turned out to be mutual fans. That's really, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was
0: really, it was really amazing. Cause you know, there's a lot of people and you think like, I don't know who watches what, but but I am a big TV fan. I mean, I'm not one of those. There's a lot of theater actors that really don't know a lot about television, which is great, but I'm, I'm not one of those people. I'm, I was one of the people in my circle of friends in Chicago that did theater that knew all the TV shows. I was, I'm, I've always been a big fan of television.
2: Yeah. You, did you have favorites? What were some of your, what were some of your favorites?
0: You know, back in the day, I mean, when I was a little girl, I was obsessed with Bewitched and I Dream of Genie and, you know, you know, Green Acres. I I loved, I loved loved that girl. You know, I loved all yes. that stuff when I would watch it after school. Yeah. yeah and of course I loved the Brady Bunch. I love Bob Newhart show. I loved, I wanted to be Carol on the Bob Newhart show. I remember thinking if I could just sit at a desk in the middle, I want to sit at a desk in the middle. And when I got to Chicago, I worked in the Hancock building as a receptionist for a real no estate kidding. company. And I had a <laughs> big green marble desk like Carol on the Bob Newhart show. And I worked I, for five guys and it was like, my dream has come true. It was so fun.
2: I love that you that you that you wanted to be Marsha Wallace and not Suzanne Plachette. I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, then you know, L.A. is so random and weird. I got to meet her at a car wash.
2: At Marsha Wallace.
0: And she came up to me, yeah, yeah, and she said to me, "Are you Rose Abdu?" And I almost, I literally oh I almost fainted because I was like, oh "How does Marsha Wallace know my name?" And she said to me, "Oh, I took over in the vagina monologues at the Apollo after you did the show, and I saw your picture, and I was like, Marsha Wallace." carol is everything to me so we got to have that moment where i told her how how much she meant to me when i was growing up in michigan watching her on tv so a lot of things like that has happened to me like i got to do a play with barbara eden who played genie and i dream of genie i was in the female version of the odd couple with her at the apollo and i remember going to her dressing room and sitting on her couch and she was rearranging the pillows and i was like i'm in genie's bottle right now i am in (laughs) genie's bottle like it was cool it was just so cool so i love i love talking about old tv with people
2: did you play Oscar, the Oscar role?
0: No. Rita McKenzie played Oscar. Okay. Robert Eden played Florence. You know, it was like, yeah. what were their names? Whatever the female version. And I was um, Vera. I was Vera, so I don't know who would have, the equivalent of who would have been. Not the cop, but another one. Vera. Okay. It was like an all-lady Trivial Pursuit right. game instead of a poker game. Really uh, Oh, yeah.
2: gotcha. Okay, okay. And that was at the Apollo here yeah. in Chicago?
0: Yeah, at the Apollo.
2: But... I have a I, I, uh, Rose someday so off the uh, off the air. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you know some of the stories. Do you know ab- uh, about uh, uh, "Lend Me a Tenor"? When "Lend Me a Tenor" played here, um, and they kept bringing in, you know, how they often do. The I knew in... people
0: that were in it, but I don't know. Yeah.
2: Do you know the Mickey Rooney stories? Do you know I any don't know Mickey the stories? Okay, I'll tell you someday. No,
0: n- maybe I did, but but I forgot. But I don't okay. remember.
2: Well, no, you'd remember. Trust me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trust me, you'd remember. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would remember. But yeah. the, you know, it, 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 hacks. I'm so glad it's back for a third season. Uh, you mentioned uh, DJ Caitlin Olson. My God, uh, I love her so much. Um, oh, you know, we I mentioned Jean- her.
0: Oh, is she fabulous? It, yeah. She's
2: so funny, and Hannah she's, Einbinder. I'm, I'm so, a
0: huge fan of hers, and I met her. Oh, my God. I love her. And she. I, I met her mother through mutual friends at a clothing exchange. And we were just, you know, she Lorraine, she's just a great person. And a lot of people don't realize that she's the daughter of Lorraine Newman. Yeah. And she's very, very, if you close your eyes, they have very similar cadence when they speak. She's just such a natural. Like, everything, I told her very early on, I go, I, I can't stop. It was so fun to watch her, you know, bring Ava to life because she really... Had done a lot of um, stand-up, but she hadn't done—I don't think—that many on-camera roles before hacks, you know, um, episodic stuff. So she was just—I I can't say enough about her. She, another one that's just as kind as as she is talented, which yeah. is huge.
2: Well, wow. uh, I'm thrilled that it uh, that it's back for a third season. Uh, when do you guys start shooting? Have they have they talked about that yet? I don't know
0: because I mean. No, no. It the email came at eleven o'clock last night, and okay. they said please keep this confidential <laughs> until eight a.m. Uh, and then I read it wrong. I read, oh, they want us to not tell anyone until eight p.m. So I just went to the dentist, and I came out of the dentist, and I had all these texts from people <laughs> going, "Congratulations, <laughs> it's in the Hollywood Reporter," and you know, that was really fun.
2: <laughs> the dentist leaked so it. I knew
0: he would talk about it. I'm very glad this timed out. Yeah, it's perfect. Glad this yeah, timed out that perfect. way where we could talk about it.
2: Yeah. Okay let's get to let's get to Gilmore Girls. Uh, Rose. Um, I am okay. a maniac about it. I love the show. I'm obsessed with it. I, I I can't tell you the number of times I've seen episodes over and over and over and over again. Um, I don't like.
0: Now, any... are you a purist? Are you are you one of those? Because um, the purists, I notice when I meet the fans, they do not love um, season seven because they knew that it wasn't <laughs> created by the well. It wasn't done by the same um, people. Or will you watch season seven as I, well?
2: I will reluctantly watch season seven. That's, what, that's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm okay. a purist. I'm a okay. purist. Uh, I'm definitely a purist. And I will say this. I never thought any so of So what did bo- you
0: think of the, the Netflix? Loved it. Sorry, the Netflix. Re- no, okay, love I, you for that. Thank you. Thank loved you.
2: Loved it. I watched it. Listen, I sat on my couch. At the time, I was doing overnights uh, on, on uh, WGN. I hosted the overnight show for like 20-something years on WGN. And um, I would get home- at four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning. And that, that, that Thanksgiving weekend, 2016, yeah. I got home from work. I had my tablet and I did nothing but watch the four uh, episodes back what to back perfect, to back to back.
0: What a perfectly timed, they really timed that debut perfectly like it's the perfect binge show for the holiday and the start of the Christmas season and the snow and yeah it's perfect
2: it was great great. and uh I I would jump into to that well since we're talking about uh uh, Year in the Life which I thought was fantastic I loved it uh you sounded surprised do people did people not like the 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 Year in the Life you know
0: I'm in this sort of Facebook Gilmore community of fans and there are really a lot of people that I didn't like the musical like there's a lot of people who are like telling they're telling what they wanted to see. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people. And sometimes I want to weigh in and go, you're ruining it for everybody who wants more. Like, really, I mean, it. there's a lot of people who, who posted about how much they didn't like, well, you know, um, the revival. And I thought, you know, I'm a fan. I'm such a fan of, let's say, Mad Men or The Sopranos or anything. I, I, I'm such a fan of those shows that, to me, if the creator lets you peek back at those characters at all, oh. that's what... That's what they like. The Gilmore fans, I love, but sometimes they they tell what they would have wanted to see happen. Right. And it's like, but but the show wouldn't have even existed if Amy didn't. This is what she wants. Yeah, to happen. and well, I loved. I loved it. I thought it I, was fantastic.
2: I loved it too. And I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not lying to you, Rose. When I started watching Year in the Life, like I started crying. I'm. I'm not kidding. I I was like sitting on the oh. on the couch watching it, and like when the characters would come back, and when you first see Lorelai and you first see yeah. Rory together, I was just like, <laughs> I was like a little boy. Um, <laughs> I love and, it. And I loved it, and I love all the characters coming back. I loved what they did. Uh, I thought it was great. And the thing is, you know, like, people get obsessive about it, and I'm obsessive about it, and I can understand that. But, you know, what? I get maybe what it was was, Rose, that people felt ownership of it, and it was nine years of people, like, yeah, making yeah. stuff up in their own head. It was, like, nine years right. of fans going, this should happen, that should happen. And when that nine years of, you know, thoughts and, and stuff doesn't, Match yours, right? right <laughs> People got mad at you. And guess. you
0: know, listen, they made some good points. They made some good points about how they wanted Rory to turn out or whatever. But I felt like the fans too are very. I know this because we had a, two fan festivals in Connecticut. And I, I mean, I'm so grateful that people would line up. I had one the second year they did the fan festival. There were people that waited in line for three hours just to say hello. And Amazing. every everyone that would come up to me, I would go there is literally no one I would wait for this long. Thank you. Like I thanked everyone. <laughs> yeah. I was posing with them going, thank you. I I really kind of can't believe you're doing this, but they were, they're such intelligent people. Like the fans of Gilmore girls are very well read and they love books and they love so that, you know, I have to say, I got into reading some fan fiction. They're really good writers. You know, yeah. they, and they had some great ideas, but yeah. there was like a complaining kind of thing of that. They took too much time with the musical. Well, sometimes that happens in a revival where it's like, we thought it was hilarious. I lo- like personally, I absolutely loved the musical section of it because we got to sit front row to watch, you know, Christian Borle and Sutton Foster. When, when do you ever get a chance like that? Absolutely. But there were absolutely. fans that complained about different things, and then some other fans passionately in love with the musical. You yeah. know, that they I loved they it. Loved I'm, it. So, I'm, I'm on the.
2: Pl- I loved all four episodes. I did, and I and I just I just I loved it. No, okay, tell me where Berta came from. How did that happen? Because I, rem- I remember watching it, going, wait a minute, what. Wait a minute.
0: Yeah. And did Is you that... know right away there are people that I w- I get in these like comment threads where people go, "No way. No way, even this many years <laughs> later." So funny. Because we were at the table read and a lot of times in the table read, um not everyone's cast right away or they they haven't decided who they're going to use or they can't get everybody there for the very first one. So it was the first time we were all back together and all the Netflix executives were there and I'm telling you this show the people, the snacks, you cannot, anything you could imagine that Lorelei and Rory ate was at this table read. Like giant boxes of flowers and Twizzlers and donuts and Pop Tarts. And just there was so much food that I was like, wow, look at all the food. And then some casting director said to me, hey, Rose, would you mind reading? Naomi sure, sure. would you mind reading? Would you mind? Well, by the time she finished asking me, I had about seven different people. So I have all the different highlighters, and I'm highlighting, flipping through my script furiously because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, these are these are all the executives from Warner Brothers and Netflix are watching this. I have to really be on my toes, and it's been so long. And so I'm highlighting, highlighting. highlighting. So a character they asked me to do, and it said she speaks a language that Spanish speakers can neither understand or duplicate, or something like that. It was really like. Something like that, that was like, make sure that it's a span sounds like Spanish, but no Spanish native Spanish speaker could ever understand it. So I just did in that table read. I did a bunch of I did a bunch of Berta speak. I kind of made up a language on the fly. And that is where the Second City improvisation comes in handy. So then Amy smacked her hands on the table and she said, well, now we're effed because who's going to do it like that? And Lauren calls from across the table. Put her in. Just put her in. Put her in a wig and just do it. Everyone's laughing. So it's just a joke. That day, that weekend, I got a call. Amy would like you to do a camera test. She really is going to let you double up. Oh, man. What? I was shocked. But it's because I did it in the table. Then I took the lines that she would give me the flavor of what she wanted to say. And sometimes she would say, it almost sounds too much, too understandable. So I would break it down again. And they kind of let me make my own language. I mean, of course, using their original lines, you know, it was really fun. That is so cool. Well, I love the character.
2: And I was just like, wait a minute. Because at first I didn't realize it. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's. She's playing two roles. What the hell is going on here?
0: Well, I loved it because to me, because you know the show so well, you know that Emily never kept a maid. And I thought, you know, I feel like my backstory in my head was something seemed familiar about Berta to Emily, but she couldn't quite put her finger on, you know, because we got along so well in the bachelorette party scene. (laughs) Gypsy, you know, Gypsy, isn't she a chimp? Isn't she funny? Gypsy, you know, and I thought, "Uh, I bet I remind her of someone. So in my mind... I thought if it had gone on, we would find out that Gypsy was a relative of Berta's. That's what ah, I was thinking. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what I thought would have been. Well, funny, so.
2: I love the backstory that uh, that that you've done. Listen, you mentioned uh, Amy and uh, and Daniel, and and um, you mentioned the description of the character in uh, the script. What is it like when you get a script written by Amy Sherman Palladino? <laughs> Just so
0: you know, honestly, it drops on the table, and you're like, "Well, there's a phone book. Like it's so thick. <laughs> like it's so, it's like the thickest script." How do they do it? They drop it on the table and you're like, episode eight, you could hurt yourself if it fell on your foot. Like it's, they're so, and they're very particular as well. They should be because she's so, such a brilliant writer. And and it's like, you, you don't, you don't get to say it is, she wants it. It's if it's written, it say it's don't say it is. You know, it's very, it, they're very particular. There's no ad libbing. There's no improvising. There's no, and I really love that because that truly is like theater where you, you know, you don't. You don't make up something that's not on the page. It's, yeah. it's all there. It's all there.
2: And, and I mean, and the one of the things that I loved about it, when I started watching Gilmore Girls, uh, I don't know, maybe three episodes in, I'm like, because I am a pop culture geek. Um, I yeah. am a, I've seen every movie. I'm a, I've been a movie critic uh, for over 36 years. Um, I am a geek about music. I'm a geek about books. I'm a geek about everything. And when these references would just pop up and they're throwaways, a lot of them are just throwaway yeah. lines, yep, um, and every episode I'm like, "What the hell, you know like it's like this is this the person who wrote this is yeah. in my world like this is right. this is the way I want to talk and the way it and these are the kind of references I make uh it, it, you fi- do you find that that's one of the things that people love most about the show
0: I do, and I'm still continually fascinated that you know a lot of times you'll watch a show, I'll watch an old show once in a while, and the references. They're just, they're not dated. I find that completely fascinating because it's like, in other words, it works in the way that it's like a walk down memory lane, the pop culture references. You think like, oh, I forgot, I forgot about that was so in the news then, you know, like it still works because it could, it could come off dated and it just somehow doesn't. So that's kind of fascinating.
2: Um. Mm-hmm. You, you, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Gypsy. What kind of backstory did 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 you give her? One of my favorite. I one of my, my some of my favorite moments in Gilmore Girls in, a, in all the episodes is when they have the town meetings. Uh, and Taylor makes yeah. me nuts. Uh, he may, I love him, but the, car- the yeah. character makes me nuts. And all of the <laughs> stuff that that the characters would do. The Stars Hollows would gather together, and all of the funny comments and the asides. Um, some of my favorites, one of my favorite lines that you, that you had, uh, was, uh, how can a stupid donut be happy? That um,
0: I call, I say to fans that meet me, that's my favorite line in the entire. Is, that, the right? <laughs> that, yes. is that right? Yes. How can a stupid donut? I lo- I love that line. Like I'll think about it. I can't pass a donut shop without thinking about it. That- <laughs> I think about it all the time, all the time. It's my favorite line in the whole show.
2: Oh, wow. For real. Wow. well, yeah. what we, so uh, tell me a, a little bit about uh, about those town meeting scenes. They must have been fun, uh, fun to film. And uh, and what are your what's your backstory? Because maybe I think a lot of, you know, like you mentioned fan fiction, you mentioned a lot of the big fans. Uh, they think maybe Gypsy and Andrew have a thing going on. Uh, I don't know. They do what? not.
0: They do not. They do not. They do not. I read that and I am so I I it makes me laugh so hard and it makes Gypsy go no i would never like gypsy is just no no she which is so funny because i i think mike is great like he's a great rose likes mike gypsy does not like andrew gypsy is passionately passionately cannot stand andrew (laughs) i don't know why i have that in my mind but i think the town hall meeting scenes were fun because i loved sally struthers and both sally struthers and liz torres from all the family so it was a chance to like hang out but i want to tell you something if you see a town hall meeting scene just know that we were there from seven in the morning till 10 o'clock at night oh. like for the one scene like there there was so much coverage of those scenes there was a camera in every corner i mean it was really very 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 long arduous process to fit and i don't know if it comes off that way but it really they were the most difficult to do not to mention and i've said this before on a bunch of stuff but i still think it bears repeating that it's connecticut so if it's rory's graduation it's supposed to be june but for (laughs) whatever reason when we got it it's freezing cold at night in la then it's like the fall harvest whatever we're doing with pumpkins it couldn't have been hot it was 105 you know what i mean so the weather never matched up to what it was supposed to be in the fictional town of stars hollow so in that way it was annoying but it was um yeah it was really it was there was time to kind of kibitz between scenes with sally and liz that's why i love the town meetings the most
2: yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, they're legends. They're legends. And also, uh, can yeah. we talk a little bit about um, working with Edward Herman? Was your first scene your first scene ever on the show was My with Edward very Herman? very first wasn't?
0: scene. Yeah. Incredible. And I was such a fan, and I got to tell him, and he could not have been sweeter to me. And we had the Michigan connection because he's from um, Michigan, Mackinac Island, and, and I had been there as a kid many times. And we talked about Michigan. We talked about cars. We talked about theater. I mean, he was just a lovely person. And I loved that scene because Dean... You know, um, Jared and, and Richard are both so tall that it was really fun <laughs> <laughs> to be sandwiched between them. And that was my audition scene. So I got to do it. You know, I it was very, very, very familiar with it by the time I was shooting it. It was yeah, yeah. it was nice to have, you know, to really know it backwards and forwards. But he's just he was a lovely person. And I loved the fact that I got to be in the revival because remember, Gypsy never went yeah. to the Gilmore Mansion. So because I got to be Berta, I could be there to see the unveiling of the enormous yeah. painting. That they yeah, had of no, him, and it God. was very, very touching. Yeah, yeah. It was really also very cool. funny. The the size of the yeah. painting. Um, yes, exactly.
2: I, I got to say they handled. I thought they handled uh, Edward Herman's uh, uh, passing beautifully in the uh, in the sure. revival. I, they, I thought they yes. did it beautifully, and it and and yeah. it was really again one of the many moments during that that Thanksgiving Friday morning where I was weeping on my couch. Ah, uh, well, I love hearing
0: that. Well, okay. I really, I love hearing that. I really do. That's
2: <laughs> great. Well, I was I have a quick Edward Herman story. Do you, you know, being a Chicago theater person, do you remember the bar O'Rourke's across the street from Steppenwolf? Of
0: course, of course.
2: Okay. I one time... I used to...
0: My friend Ted Camp was a bartender.
2: There. Oh, I know Ted. Yeah. How, we
0: did, we not, how did we not just hang out and all Michael, the time, And Michael, Bur- Michael Byrne yeah. used to hang out there. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, those
2: guys. I used to hang out there when it was on... I used to hang out there years ago when it was by Second City when it was uh, on... at Orleans and Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, the original spot. I used to hang out there and drink there all the time. And then uh, when it moved to across from Steppenwolf there, I used to go there all the time. Anyway, I was there one night. My friends and I were there one night and we had had a few uh, uh, you know, and Edward Herman came in. I guess wow. he, was, uh, he was doing a show across the street. He was doing a show at Steppenwolf, and Edward Herman came in. And this was the early '90s, would be yeah. my guess. And uh, my friends and I were there, and uh, I had had a few. And I'm like, "Man, that's Edward Herman." And you know, this was before Gilmore, Girl, long before Gilmore Girls and things like that. It was just, it was just Edward Herman, the man. And right. I, and and so like we had had a few, and so Edward Herman got up to go to the bathroom when we. <laughs> I'll never forget this. My friend and I rushed into the bathroom so that we could pee next to him.
0: Ah. Uh, <laughs>
2: very classic. As you,
0: as you do. Yeah.
2: So I've, I, I've, I've actually peed next to Edward Herman. I'm very proud well, that of is a
0: Well, that's quite a feather in your cap, I guess. I don't, I don't know what to say about it. Nick, I don't know what to say about that. This podcast has taken an odd turn. I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is. It often it, it, it often does. Uh, you were
2: also in, uh, in, in Bunheads as well. You appeared in Bunheads. There's another show that I loved. Um, What is it about, uh, Amy and and Daniel, that working with them, you want to come back and work again? What is it about that experience?
0: Well, I love the speed. I love the speed, you know, of how fast she wants all the scenes to go because I listen. You know, people used to say to me at Second City, you have to slow down, slow down, slow. And in theater, slow down. And I was always of the mindset of, I don't talk too fast, you listen too slow. So to me, my natural (laughs) rhythm is just fits with their, and I'm just, I love their writing so much. And I loved doing Bunheads. And the cool thing about Bunheads was not only the great Sutton Foster, but when there were town meetings, you know, because there was a dance studio and, and she still created the little town of Paradise Cove. And yeah, when when we did a town meeting scene, I remember walking onto the set and I took my seat in the front row, just thinking like, well, they'll tell me to move if I'm wrong, but I'll sit here. And Amy goes, no, 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 no. Get up there. You're at the table. And there was sort of this feeling of the passing of the torch of like, wait, wait, I'm the Miss Patty now. You know, not Uh, that I'm a dance teacher, but you know what I mean? It was cool to be like now in this one, I get to call the shots and I'm not just one of the townspeople. I'm kind of on the council. It was it was like an interesting, you know, growth thing for me to to be able to like run things instead. It was cool. It was very interesting.
2: Um, Okay, I'll have to ask you before before we before I let you go. um, I have to ask you, uh, what team are you on boyfriend wise for Rory?
0: Well, I say this all the time. I'm team Dean. And then people, the fans were like, how could you not be Logan or Jess? And I'm like, T- Dean, I loved his car. He had the best car. He didn't annoy me. You know, Jess annoyed me. Remember the one where I was like, do not come again. Yep. Thank you for your business. Do not come again. Yep. So, of course, Gypsy's not going to love Jess. And then Logan, uh, you know, I never wow. had any interaction with him, and nor did I think he was great for her. So I still love Dean. Gypsy yeah. is team Dean.
2: Okay. I'm team none of them. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> team none. I'm team. You know what? I said this in one of the interviews in the fan festival. I said, um. I'm team Rory. She doesn't need any. There you them. go.
2: That's exactly yeah. right. Exactly yeah. my point. Maybe I should say that yeah. instead of team none of them, yeah. team Rory. Yeah.
0: I'm team Rory.
2: I just don't think that they're, I don't think any of them are good enough for her. That's just me. That's there just, you and, go. And Logan drove yeah. me nuts. Logan. Oh my God. Logan yeah. drove me nuts. Oh.
0: Yeah, me too. I have to say. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, um, so uh, great news. I'm so glad to to share this time with you on a day that, uh, that you got such great news about Hacks being renewed me for too. a third season. Um it was wonderful to reminisce about the old Chicago days. Thank and, you
0: so much for the, and, thank you. it and, was. and thank you so much for your passionate like view you know you really being into the stuff that I've done it's it's really nice. it's a really i'' am very grateful when I meet people who really enjoy what I do
2: No, you're great you're you're ter- you're a terrific actress and uh, and I love and I, I look forward to anything that you do and uh, you know when I started watching hacks I was like, oh. Rose is in it, so it's going to be good. Uh, that's like, you're one of those people. Yay. If I see your if I see your name, I'm like, okay, this will be good. At least one part of this will be good. That's how I feel when I see you. Wow, um,
0: so. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. So. Thank you so much, Nick. It was a pleasure to be able to talk to you today. and Great. I hope uh, everything in Chicago cools off or at I least so becomes bear. I mean, thank God for it. yeah. I'm going like, to an outdoor. I still going- love. I I want to go back.
2: You come, please come back. And, and, and I'm going. I'm actually going to an outdoor concert tonight. So I thought yeah. I'm going to see. I'm going to see Tears for Fears and Garbage tonight, and uh, and I'm very excited about it. I've been to a concert. Fantastic. A and and I hope it's not muggy. I just hope it less lightens lightens up a little bit. So. But but anyway, uh, listen. Shout we, shout,
0: let it all out.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly what I'm gonna do. It'll be a, it'll, yeah, it'll be a mad world when I get there. Let's see if we can drop more references.
0: Um, right. And, and, um, but uh,
2: listen, when when uh, when when hacks uh, when hacks season three is is maybe in the can, come back and, and and talk to us again, maybe.
0: Absolutely. Okay,
2: it's been a real pleasure, Rose. Uh, I appreciate it. Hacks is available season one and two available on HBO Max. If you've not streamed it, you should because it's great and it's a quick it's a. That's a quick binge. You can get through that thing in a day. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's great work. And, uh, and I love I can't tell you how much Thank I love Gypsy you. and everything that you do, Rose. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Nick. It was my pleasure. Take care. Okay.
2: All right. See you later. Uh, Rose uh, Abdu. Tremendous actress. Uh, really great. God, what a thrill. She's the first denizen of Stars Hollow that I've ever had on the podcast. Excuse me while I geek out. Anyway, like I said, Hacks, available on HBO uh, Max, streaming now. Gilmore Girls, alive forever. Um, fantastic. So, uh, my thanks to her. Uh, you know who else I love? I love Esmeralda Leon. And uh, let's say hello to Esmeralda Leon. We can't do that without hearing this fabulous song Esmeralda. Theme. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma I'm talking about that asma Esmeralda Leon, yeah.
0: Esmeralda, yeah, yeah. Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah. Get yourself some Esma. Love me some Esma. Esmeralda Leon, yeah.
2: All right.
0: Esmeralda.
2: That's right, Esmeralda. Esmeralda Leon. There it is. Let's say hello to uh, Esmerella. Hello, Esma. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing good.
2: Oh yeah, I'll give you Esma. I'll <laughs> give you Esma. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so I just had a fantastic uh, conversation with Rose Abadou from Gilmore Girls and
1: Hacks. Exciting.
2: She was amazing. It was just great. <laughs> it was very, very cool. Very exciting. Uh, and how have you been? Are you dealing with how you've been dealing with this lovely heat wave that we've been s- struck with over the past few days?
1: Uh, not not the worst. Um, we haven't had to sleep in the kitchen yet, so that's good.
2: <laughs> that's where your air conditioner kitchen,
1: is. Yeah. yeah, for some reason I don't understand construction, I guess, <laughs> but it's above the door, uh, in the kitchen. That's above weird. the the outside door, so it's the only one. I'm I'm too cheap and lazy to buy another air conditioner. That's that that one came with the place. Right. So, yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 didn't think,
2: I didn't think that you would voluntarily put it above no. the door of the kitchen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I sold mine when I needed one because I was in central air and then I moved to this place with no air. But then they have that one. So I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. So then, whenever it gets too hot, uh, we then sleep in the kitchen with the air on. But ah. it hasn't been that bad. Yeah, no,
2: it's it's been, you know, I mean, I, I don't have, I have air conditioning in my in my bedroom. That's the only, I have one mm-hmm. window unit in my bedroom. Um, and, you know, but I don't have a TV or anything in my bedroom. I can watch stuff on my phone, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are things like on my DVR that I want to catch up with and stuff. So I have been You could just in,
1: drag the TV into your. That's
2: not going to, I am, I, I can I can barely pick up anything to, you know, <laughs> a glass of water <laughs> is difficult for me to bring into the bedroom. Um, uh, but anyway, so I have been sitting in my in my living room and I'm in my dining room right now, which is, you know, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, not the air conditioned portion of the apartment. And it's 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 not comfortable. It's a little a little muggy, but it's not. Horrible. Yeah, it's not horrible. It's a little that's muggy, what it is. Not horrible.
1: Yeah, it's the muggy. Yeah. Like, so I'm in my bedroom right now, but I have to I have to close the window, turn off the fans. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's really yeah. muggy.
2: No, yeah. All the windows are closed right now. Although, I, I, you know, when it's this thick out there, I usually keep the windows closed. Like if, when it's <laughs> that humid, I always keep the windows closed because it keeps out the humid air. So I keep the windows closed when it's like 90 degrees, but when the humidity is through the roof. Yeah. I, just, I have the fans going with the windows closed because I don't want the humid air coming in here. Um, and then when the humidity drops, I open the windows. So like tonight, the humidity is going to drop so the windows will be open. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, no, it's been, it's not, it's just not pleasant. I hate this weather. I hate hot weather. I hate it more than I would rather there be 45 inches of snow and 90 below <laughs> out than this. Dang. Like if, I mean, I don't want either of them. They both suck. But if somebody said you have to choose between like horrible winter or horrible summer, horrible winter, hands down easily without question.
1: Yeah. It's easier to, it's easier to cover up. Yeah. Than to take <laughs> off and cool
2: off. Exactly. Exactly. You can always bundle up. You can always put on more clothes. But once you have, once yeah. you're naked and you're still incredibly uncomfortable, what are you going to do? Take your skin yeah. off?
1: What? Yeah. And even then, what yeah. a mess. <laughs> 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 then well. you're just stuck to everything. Ugh.
2: Yeah. Well, I understand that the temperature is going to drop significantly tonight. While mm-hmm. we're in Tinley Park watching Tears for Fears and garbage. Oh.
1: well. Yeah.
2: That's going to be so much fun. Yeah. I'm and also, to a, we'll
1: be we'll be in the we'll be south, so maybe it's cooler down there.
2: Yeah, in Tinley Park. Yeah, that's you know that's about thirty six miles away from where I am right now, south. So uh, there you go. I know that. Right. Well, I date, according to the map, right now
1: it is not. It, it is, is not cooler. Same. but you know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking a few hours from now. We'll be out there screaming. Right. So it'll, it'll be, be fine. Fun. All right. Well, speaking of uh, tears for fears, we're going to be. You see how I segue there. You see, mm-hmm. how I very do that? good. good uh, job. Oh, wait a minute!
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
0: Hi, yeah. I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
1: How's Carrie dealing with the weather?
2: She's okay. She's been out there. You know, I gave her a fan, so she's good. Oh, she, by good. the way, Nate made an appearance on when I interviewed uh, with Rose just uh, re- just uh, before. Oh, really? This. She did because we were talking oh, about because Gil- Gilmore Girls was on the WB. When oh, started. right. Yeah. And so we started talking about me being a 14-year-old girl who likes those kind of shows. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and so Carrie stopped by. So anyway, and then she said... <laughs> I think I broke my ass. No, she didn't. Okay. Uh, but we're going to be talking about uh, classic quintessential 90s songs that were associated with movies. So great movie soundtracks from the 90s. We're going to get into that. Yes. And there's so many of them um
1: i mean and the, i don't and, wanna i don't wanna you know everybody thinks that their the years they grew up were the best yeah and i'm not gonna say mine were the best but i i feel like there was some pretty decent i'm not gonna go they were the best music ever but i feel like there was some pretty good there were some hits in the 90s that were yeah they were good they were okay yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah. now would you call tears for fears an 80s band
1: No, that's an 80s band to me.
2: It is, but like uh, Seeds of Love came out in 1990. And so I know that like Songs from the Big Chair was the big, like, you know, the one that they're closely associated with the most. Yeah. But for me, Seeds of Love is like the quintessential Tears for Fears album. And that came out in 1990, and they continued to make records in the 90s. But I guess like if you're going to go shout, and if you're going to go head over heels, and if you're going to go,
1: you
2: know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Woman, in, well, no, woman in chains. Sorry, that's on Tears. That's on uh, Seeds of Love. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to go that route, I, I everybody wants to rule eight. the I world. I think they're 80s. '80s.
1: Okay, yeah, I think they're right. '80s. Okay, well, garbage <laughs> is '90s. Garbage is definitely '90s. Yeah, okay. they formed in I think '93. Yeah, I believe yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. So,
2: all right, we'll get a little bit of. Uh, yeah, their 80s. song
1: is not on here. I'm. I'm. What movie was what song from what? Uh, what... They had a song on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Oh.
2: Ah, you would know that cuz you love the Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. His I believe la- it was
1: nominated for a uh, MTV Video Music Award.
2: Oh, it was. For- <laughs> I uh I just saw Boz Lerman's latest uh, atrocious uh <clears throat> Oh, fiasco. no, yeah.
1: I I heard er, um yeah. well I saw what you wrote.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not really allowed to like review it.
1: Yeah, Um, I saw what you wrote about him and his history of of film.
2: Yeah, he's he's the worst. Uh, Baz Luhrmann is the worst. Uh, I you know um, I I said that he was the Ed Wood of his generation, except that's an insult to Ed Wood. uh, In my opinion, I can't stand Baz Luhrmann. I can't. Did you
1: not like Moulin Rouge?
2: I hate that fucking movie.
1: (laughs) I've never seen it because I don't like
2: hate it. The only movie that he's made
1: remaking of songs like that. (laughs)
2: That's all it is, and I the only movie that he's made. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of Romeo and Juliet. I know you love it. Whatever. I'm not, and I, I hate it. <laughs> the only one that I don't despise, and I still don't recommend, is Strictly Ballroom. That's the only one that I don't absolutely hate. Every other movie he's made, I despise. So and uh, yeah, and you know, and Elvis is one of my favorite people ever. And uh, I don't even, I can't get into it. I'll just get mad and I'll start throwing shit around my brain. <laughs>
1: yeah, you, you just, you wait, you wait. Keep that anger for when Next you do week, I it. Next
2: week, yes. I can explode on the podcast and all over the place on social media with detail about yeah, why there the movie you go. is awful. Uh, but anyway, okay, before we, before we jump into the 90s movies stuff, mm-hmm. are you shitting me? 1,004 oh, facts yes. that will scare the crap out of you. I always throw a couple of, uh, uh, I'm just going to go random. You ready?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: All right, here we go. Um, Okay, this is uh, an average of 4,400 kids a year are hurt on rides at carnivals and amusement parks, according to a 20-year study of injury data from nearly 100 nationally represented represented hospitals. So that's 4,400 kids a year are hurt on rides or
1: carnivals. Oh, yeah, I believe it. That's not surprising, right? Yeah, no, especially if you you know, carnival, you mean the the bowdunk carnival that come to town, yeah, or whoever's town, and is run by like some dude. <laughs> you
2: got like an ex. You got an ex con with tattoos. Um, Just some
1: dude who's like, yeah. And then they made you know they put them together the day before. Yeah, yeah. no, I completely yeah. believe kids are getting hurt. Left and right on those damn things.
2: Here's a few more from that uh, category. Um, In June of 1999, a Brooklyn teenager died on Coney Island's Super Himalaya after her car decoupled and she was thrown uh,
1: from the ride. Boof. See, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big roller coaster fan. You're not, huh? No. uh, I just have the fear that I'm going to be stuck upside down for hours on end, and I don't need that. I just do not need that experience in my life
2: (laughs) i don't know what happened with me esmeralda besides the fact that i'm a a psycho in a head case anyway but when i was a kid uh i was fearless when it came to that kind of stuff i loved roller coasters the higher the better the crazier the better um i wasn't afraid of flying i loved flying when i was young Mm -hmm. uh i loved to go up to the hancock building and hang out up there and like the sears tower so then
1: what happened
2: i have no idea and now i'm absolutely terrified of heights um, I, 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 roller coasters. I mean, I haven't been on a ro- I mean, you know, I haven't been on a roller coaster in years, but the last time I was on a roller coaster, I completely freaked out. Um, Interesting. and I'm terrified of flying. I have not been on a plane, uh, since I quit drinking and I don't know what I'm going to do when I fly because the only relaxation that I had while flying was the fact that I got shit faced and I was able to, fl- <laughs> I was able to fly. I'd go to the airport bar and get hammered in yeah. order to be able to fly without freaking out. But I don't know what happened. I really don't. When I was a kid, I was a roller coaster maniac and loved heights, and all and now I'm terrified.
1: Interesting. Of
2: I don't. I have huh. no idea why. I'm terrified of heights. And I've told. I, I think I've told you this before. Um, when I am up really, really high in a place, I have this urge to jump off. There's a there's a thing inside me that says, you know, <sighs> right now, I mean, right
1: now, I could jump. I could actually. I fucking mean, people jump have right that. Now.
2: Yeah. People I, have that I,
1: feeling yeah, by the I, train and stuff. They and it's and it's not like a they want to do yeah. it. There's just I don't know. You know no, no, yeah. I understand.
2: It's like I could step out in front of the L right now. Here comes the here comes the L. I can step right I could just step right
1: yeah. in front of it right now. No, I think about that too, sometimes <laughs> when the train is going because by my house it's on the it's level to the street right. level.
2: Right, you're in the Albany. So Park when area. you're waiting, yeah. when
1: you're waiting for it to cross and then the little gate comes down, it's like ugh. Yep. Just step in front. Ugh.
2: Yep. You could do that. Absolutely. Ravenswood line, the wonderful brown line. Yep. Uh, But no, no, no. I mean, but seriously, when I'm up, when I'm way up high, I have this urge. I'm like, I could jump right now off this balcony. Like my friend, my friend, um, Mike lived on the 29th floor for a while. He lived on the 29th floor of Marina Tower. And I would Mm -hmm. go over there all the time. And, you know, he, you know. He would have like parties and people would come over. And like in the wintertime when it was cold out, he would leave the beer and coolers outside on the balcony. So I'd have to go out on the balcony and I'd be freaked out. I'd have to go out on the balcony to get beer.
1: (laughs) I like that nobody would just get it for you.
2: Well, they'd be all like, "Yeah, you're you know you're oh. a wimp. You're a wimp. Go out there and get your own damn beer, wimp. You know what I mean? Wow. So like, right.
1: Okay. <laughs> Supportive people. Oh yeah. No, no, no. You. My
2: friends were well, like, "Yeah, you're gonna, you're scared of heights. Ha ah, ha. Here, let me push you. Let me fake push you. They would do that kind of shit too. You know, like you're standing like by a rail, terrified, and someone comes up behind yeah. you, and like fake pushes you. Oh, that's funny. That's real funny. Jerks." How about this? In 1995, a woman filed a suit against Disney, claiming that she suffered brain hemorrhaging due to violent shaking, jolting and jouncing on the Indiana Jones Adventure Ride at Disneyland. Her lawyer obtained Disney records indicating scores of injuries that are from the same ride. So that's the Indiana Jones Adventure Ride.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can only do so much, I guess, in terms of safety. Yeah. But they're just machines that you then sit in <laughs> that can just right. go haywire at any point. You know, there's never a guarantee. So it's like, ooh. How about this? Um, Esperanza's
2: family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Six Flags September 10th, 2013, claiming that the park should have known the dangers of putting patrons on coasters with only lap bars and no seat belts or harnesses. The, the suit was dropped.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, because I've ridden on, what's the one in uh, Six Flags? The old one? The big wooden one?
2: The Eagle.
1: Uh, the American, yes, the, I think so. The American so. Eagle. Yeah, the wood, that's yeah. the big wooden roller coaster. American yeah, Eagle. and it just has a lap bar.
2: It does. <laughs> that, it just even has a lap that bar. to me
1: is frightening. That thing doesn't what about... go upside down or anything. But that little lap bar, I was just like, really? This is it? Uh, this is all what we got? The... <laughs> you ever been on the Whizzer? Um, is that the ones that go... It's like you're in a cage essentially, and then it's going around.
2: No, the wizard is like a. It's like a. It's like the. If you're a wimp about roller coasters, the wizard is the one that you can go on. But there are like no belts or anything. Like you get in and you just ride it. I think there's like maybe a seat belt, but nothing else. And you sit like, you know how you when you go on the log ride and you're sitting between the person behind you's legs. Uh no. Wait, you don't, so uh, the, the, maybe, I don't know, this is how long it's been, I've been on a log ride, where you would sit, like, the person behind you, their legs are, like, behind, Ugh. you are know, like.
1: No, I don't know what you're really? talking about. So, I barely like, rode roller coasters when I was doing okay. it, so. Okay, all right, well, the log ride, you know, the log ride? Uh sure? Oh, oh okay, well you're not aware of the log
2: ride. The log ride is you would go inside this log and it would go it's, it was a it was a water ride and you would s- go down the slide, but when you're in the log, the person behind mm. you, you're basically sitting right it, like you know how when you ride a, a a motorcycle and you're the you're the uh the the person on the back? Mm-hmm. With your legs like wrapped around the person oh, in front I of see. you. That's no. how it is in the log ride. That's no, how the thanks. log ride is. I can't believe you've never been on a log flume f- f- ride. Yeah, I'm good. Wow. I mean, but that's the way they've been doing it for decades and decades. You know what I mean? Yuck. No, that's that's the deal. That's that's the Ooh. deal. And there's no there's no seatbelts or anything involved in that. Just somebody's a, a you know, just your somebody's friends. Somebody's
1: legs around you. Ew. No. No, thanks. but that
2: you don't get on. You mostly when you when you get on the log ride, you get on with the people you're with. It's not like they go, okay, well, you're a complete stranger. Put your crotch in this person's neck.
0: You know what I mean? That's yeah, not. Well.
2: <laughs> all right. Um, in 2006, a 49-year-old woman who became ill after riding Mission Space died the next day. Ooh,
1: what happened to her?
2: I don't know. That's all, the only.
1: Is that it? That's all they That's tell it. you.
2: Oh, That's it. Teases. What kind of? <laughs> That's it. She died the next day. I don't feel well. Oh, dead. And they blame Mission Space.
1: Oh, come on. I mean, yeah. well, maybe but she oh. she probably had some something you know something kickstarted the mission space ride maybe
2: maybe oh hey, oh are you ready for this this, this is okay Esmeralda. this will be the last one we do cuz this is going to fuel our nightmares probably for months are you ready great cuz this is going to this just <laughs> in april 2 oh god i can't even seriously i can't even imagine this i'm getting sweaty palms just reading this okay you ready mm
1: mm-hmm. mhm
2: in April 2005, a teenager and her 11-year-old cousin were trapped over 900 feet above the Las Vegas Strip for more than an hour and a half when the Insanity ride shut down due to high winds.
1: Yeah, see, that's why no. I don't want to get on. That's why I don't want to get on roller coasters anymore. No, no, no. I'm just like, no, no, you no. know what? I've taken my chances already. I'm good. Yeah. I will not be taking that gamble.
2: <laughs> 900 because it's a ride that's on top of a skyscraper. So the ride itself. Yeah. Is on top of a skyscraper in downtown Vegas, like on top of a casino hotel, and it got yeah. and it and it and it they got stuck on it for more than an hour. oh my god I can't even I
1: don't think now I'm trying to think if I rode on that and I don't think I did because I was like nah
2: I can't I went I to
1: that I went up there
2: is that is that where they stayed in in real world is that the the hotel they stayed
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> in no real- I don't okay. Think so. <laughs>
2: Hey, by the way, uh, did you watch – the? have you watched it? You don't have Paramount Plus, do you?
1: No, I don't.
2: Oh, my God. The, you have to see – if somehow you have to see the, the New Orleans reunion thing. You have to. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. All of the reunions have been great. They've done New York. They've done L.A. And now they've skipped up to – for some reason, they've skipped all the way up to New Orleans now.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so they skipped like six seasons in between. But, uh, you know, Tokyo – the guy from Chicago, yes, David. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, yeah, Well, he has a. He's now Tokyo, and he has a. I had no idea that it was such a big deal that song that he did. Oh yeah, was such a big deal.
1: People were way into it.
2: That uh, what the hell was it called? I, I'm, it, I
1: didn't uh, know it had a name.
2: It, no, it's got a name, and they sang. He wanted them to sing it. Uh, he wanted the cast members to sing it back in the day, and they were all like, "Fuck you, we don't want to sing it." Um, and I can't remember what it's called. But anyway, usually,
1: usually, um, we would just call, call it the Dwee Dabu D song. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what. It, but it did
2: have a name. It's like uh, I'm here for yeah. you, or I, are you're you, you, you are with me, or whatever it is. But yeah, no. So, so it, it was a huge thing, and they they all reunite and sing it in the new episode, in the new season. But he changed his name to Tokyo, and he's all pretentious now. He's not the asshole he was then, but he's all pretentious. Yeah. And the thing that drove me nuts, that made me absolutely crazy while I was watching it, he kept walking around with no lenses in his frames. Like he had big pretentious, <laughs> he had big pretentious oh, black no. uh, frames, glasses with no lenses in them. And I'm like, what the, is this a thing? Is that a thing, Esmeralda? Do people no. just for, for style walk around with glasses that have no lenses in them? I don't think so,
1: honestly. Yeah.
2: Cause this guy's just a jagoff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at least you get the, you least you get lenses, but you know, they're just, like, yeah, you know what I mean? At like le- there's yeah, no, 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 and nothing. Clear
2: lenses fine, no prescription. Okay, you want to be a jagoff and wear fake glasses, that's fine. But at least put some lenses in them. I'm like, well, I'm like <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, uh,
1: that seems a world. bit much. No.
2: All right. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, Tokyo, he's from Chicago. There's another one of the other guys is from Chicago too, who lives in Chicago now. Um, oh. He lives uh he lives here too and they know they they hang out.
1: Oh. Well, yeah. good for them. So
2: anyway, real world, uh, the reunions are available on uh, Paramount Plus. I highly recommend them, Esmeralda. Highly. Yeah. So, And speaking of the 90s, let's get into it. So this is from Mental Flaws, if people want to check it out. It's 35 great songs from the ultimate 90s movie soundtracks. And um, looking at this, Esmeralda, it seems to me that they're going in chronological order. That's what it looks like to me.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So
2: so like the first one is Cradle of Love by Billy Idol, which is from uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, the Andrew Dice uh, Clay movie.
1: That I didn't know. I just yeah. know the song.
2: That's that's from Ford Fairlane. <laughs> I know Fairlane. the song as is. It's, uh, it's from Ford Fairlane, which oddly is a movie that I back. I like it. <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> I remember yeah. the video for Cradle of Love and it was amazing. Here's the, here's the thing that I remember.
2: <laughs> it was directed by David Fincher. Really? Yeah. Who direct, He. That's how he got his start. Was directing videos. That's he, fun. He, he directed a shitload of Madonna videos, and he did some Nine Inch Nails videos, which explains why, like Trent Reznor, is you know, direct and did music for a lot of his movies and stuff. Yeah. Um. And but yeah. So, but Cradle of Love. Was, and I just remember. Here's what I remember about that. I don't like the song very much. I like uh, Ford Fairlane, and I'm the only person in the world. I actually, my quote was on the ad for that movie because they couldn't find anybody legit. <laughs> And, really yeah so you my, you
1: have that one and what's the other one
2: i've been a i, I had a few i army of darkness sam Raimi's army of darkness oh. i'm on that trespass with the ices versus the bills trespass is ice T, ice cube bill sadler and uh bill paxton mm. i'm on that one hard target with van damme i'm on that one really cabin boy is the big one though cabin boy is the uh chris elliott movie right 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 i'm quoted on that one too <laughs> but a few i ma- i actually made a few but but wow. like for ford fairlane it was like who's this guy from wgn who's this asshole whatever he likes That's it nobody else does though. put him on the <laughs> i happen to be a big rennie Harlan fan the director i'm a huge fan of his. and i was a fan of I-, I was a fan of dice i was on the i was on the dice wagon back in the day um i thought he was funny but the only thing that i remember about the video is the chick is hot i remember watching that video and going Woo! I like the girl in that video.
1: Yeah, it's is like hot re- girl. Oh, hot girl nerd, rich nerd man. Yeah,
2: right. And he's like, she's in the bedroom going nuts. He's playing video games or
1: something. No, and she's like, she just like walks in.
2: She's a neighbor, right?
1: And yeah, she's the neighbor. She walks in and asks to play this tape. <laughs> Which I'm like, what? <laughs> um, and he's like, because he's all like a nerd and glasses, thick glasses, is in love. Right, um, he's like a corporate nerd, and okay. she walks in. She plays the tape, and she immediately starts like r- like gyrating and writhing yep. around, and then she starts yep. just like getting real into it and just yep. like breaking all his shit.
2: <laughs> Brokes all his shit and then leaves, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and then at the end she just leaves, but she yeah. like tears his apartment yeah. apart.
2: I just remember. I remember that, but I just remember the girl. And there were hot, there were hot video babes all over the place in the eighties and nineties. Oh, yeah. You know that. Yeah, but yeah. this girl, for some reason, this girl, I was like, "What?" Because you know, you get inured to it after a while when you're watching MTV. It's like, "Oh, there's a hot chick," whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because every video in the eighties and nineties always featured some like hot chick with a you know with a midriff bearing outfit on and sprayed hair. You know, like hair. You know. Right. But this girl, for some reason, the girl in that video was like, "Whoa!" I don't know who she was. I don't know. Maybe she went on to do other things. Maybe we can look her up. I don't know. All I remember is that, like, of all the video vixens of, around that era, she was by far the one that made me fall off furniture the most. Like, I was like, who the hell is this? I mean, so I don't know who she is. But I just remember her being maybe the hottest video vixen of that era ever. That's what I remember most about that video. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, Blaze of Glory is next. God, I hate Bon Jovi
1: um i don't know that i don't know that song i don't think well
2: they it was wanted dead or alive was obviously the big i'm a cowboy right.
1: yeah. right.
2: you know that one yeah and but i knew the,
1: that was in a movie
2: uh no it wasn't oh really oh, no okay. no because it the, it would have fit in perfectly for young guns which is why they hired him to write this song for young guns too Mm. So, like, mm. I'm going down <laughs> in a blaze of glory. And it sounds exactly like Wanted Dead or Alive. It's, like, almost exactly the same song, and it's in Young Guns 2. Yeah. And it's crap. Um, okay, how about Wicked Game by Chris Isaac? Oh, my God.
1: Love that video. Oh. I like that yeah. song. Oh. Uh, Funny enough, when I worked at the Tweeter Center, now the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, Uh, I did get to see him live. Yeah. Uh, Most polite audience ever. (laughs) I bet.
2: I bet. (laughs) Like they all sat in their
1: seats. Nobody tried to get anywhere else. It was quite nice.
2: Well, I mean, it's from Wild at Heart, David Lynch's masterpiece, Wild at Heart, Um, and abused beautifully. And I think that's, you know, that's a sexy song and a sexy video. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Same song by Digital Underground. Come on now. You gotta love. Uh, I
1: again. I didn't know this was in a movie.
2: you, you know what, Esmeralda, you're better off.
1: Is because... nothing but trouble. That scary, f- weird movie where uh, Dan Aykroyd is like seven uh, people in it.
2: Yeah, he's a judge, and it's he directed it and oh, he wrote that it. That
1: movie is so frightening. It's awful, awful. Chevy Chase. Just to the me characters, more... though, I'm like, Ugh. yeah.
2: No, but Dan Aykroyd, sucks. Um and, and I mean the I mean that movie's unwatchable except for Digital Underground because Digital Underground is in it. <laughs> They're in the movie. And the only good part is that. None them.
1: of this makes sense. Like, what in the hell?
2: No. Who made
1: this or what was the
2: Aykroyd made it. He wrote and directed it. Oh. Aykroyd Lord. wrote and directed it. He sucks. I mean, when he here's the thing about Dan Aykroyd. Brilliant, one of the greatest cast members and most brilliant writers in SNL history. Like and then, like ninety percent of everything he did after that sucked. <laughs> um, okay, what 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 else? What's what's next, Esmeralda? What are some of the ones? Well, if you've if you, if you looked at the list, what are some of the ones that stand out for you? Nineties songs uh, and movies.
1: Yeah. So I don't. Well, I don't know this Guns and Roses. I mean, I know it, but I don't remember it from that from it was yeah T uh, two Terminator. Yeah. Uh, oh, everything I do, oh, I do it for you, Brian Adams from the. <laughs> Robin, Robin Hood. Prince of Thieves.
2: Yeah,
1: I remember this video because they were playing it nonstop, nonstop, and it, it had all the footage from the movie and yeah. all the stuff, and yep. yeah.
2: Ooh. I uh, I was dating Leslie Presley at the time. My, oh, my, uh, my ex Leslie Presley, and yeah. it seemed like we went to a lot of weddings uh, around that time because we were like some of her older friends and cousins and stuff were getting married, and some of my older friends and cousins. We were in our mid twenties. like twenty seven mm-hmm. or like in 1991, what was I? 26. I was 26 in 1991. Uh, so she was like 25 or something, 24. So mm-hmm. people are a little bit older. We went to a lot of weddings and I'm not kidding in that summer and into the fall, uh, it, it, uh of that year, every goddamn first song at every wedding we went to was that one was everything. I <laughs> do. <it. laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, very but it was a
1: romantic song.
2: Yeah. Um, and I happen to be a Brian Adams fan. I hate that song, uh, but I happen to be mm. a Brian Adams. Did I ever tell you the story about when I went to go see uh, Brian Adams and the Hooters? You remember the wait, Hooters? What? The Hooters. What? You remember the Hooters?
1: Like the the, the band. Wait. Oh, okay. I thought
2: you know meant in like a Hooters. No, 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 no! God no! No, it was at the Rosemont Horizon. No, it was at the Rosemont. I was Horizon. like,
1: "What do you mean you no, started no, at no. a Hooters?" Yeah,
2: Brian Adams <laughs> played your local Hooters. <laughs> no, no, no! His ba- the opening band was the Hooters. Brian Adams headlined. Uh,
1: oh, okay. okay. And the opening
2: band was the Hooters, and the Hooters. You know, they had all you zombies. They had all you zombies, and then they had and we danced like a mm. wave on the Roshan ro- romance. You know that one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. So the Hooters opened. And my friend Scott Oaken, you know my buddy Scott Oken. Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. He's a heavy, heavy dude.
1: Oh yes,
2: he busted yes. three chairs. He busted three chairs. <laughs> he went through three chairs
1: for Brian Adams. Two,
2: t- two during the Brian Adams set. One during the Hooters. He busted and, a chair
1: dur- and the Hooters. Wow.
2: And the Hooters. He busted three chairs. Was went it during
1: th- "Everything I Do, I Do It for You"?
2: No, <laughs> no. This was before "Everything I Do, I Do It for You." This was before oh, okay. that. Uh, no, he busted one during. He busted one during kid. Uh, uh, he did. He busted one during Summer of 69. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I, and uh, I can't remember what song he busted during the hoot. It might, it might have been And We Danced, he busted it. But we were on top of the chairs, because you know when sometimes you go to those concerts and you're on the main floor, Yeah, you stand on the chairs. People stand on the chairs. So we were standing on the chairs, and Scott was jamming so hard that he went through the, hit the, the seat of his chair, like he busted it. So wow. we had to move down. And then during Bryan Adams, he went through it two more. He went through three. He busted three chairs during...
1: I just... Yeah. You would think I cannot like, believe that you could jam that hard. He jammed to Brian he, Adams.
2: Yep, that's what I'm saying. Like he went through three chairs. And when I tell people the story, the punchline is I always save what the band was because I'm always like, yeah, my buddy was jamming so hard at a concert one time. you went through three chairs, and they're like, oh, Metallica? No. What Slayer? No. What Zeppelin? No. What Hooters and Brian Adams?
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> but true, wow. True story.
2: But yeah, that goddamn song was everywhere the summer of of '91. Everywhere,
1: yeah. No, no, oh. no, for sure. Yeah. Uh,
2: what are some of the other ones? What What else, uh, Esmeralda? Well, you got?
1: Um. Here? I mean, come on, Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You." Yeah, from the Bodyguard, which I've I've never seen. I You're haven't not seen the Bodyguard. missing anything, really? No. no? It's ter- okay. It's
2: terrible. It's terrible. Kevin <laughs> Costner. Yeah, not good. <laughs> that's the second. Now that's two in a row. Kevin Costner. Wow. Because Robin Hood was Kevin Costner. Ugh. Um, <sighs> And I, listen, I don't, I hate that song. I was never a big fan of Whitney Houston. Incredible voice, but she was not my, she was just not in my wheelhouse at all. I hated her stuff. Mm -hmm. But I love the original version. I love the Dolly version. Uh, You know, it's great. Um, So if if I ever have the choice, you know, the choice to choose, I would obviously pick the original Dolly Parton version because she wrote that. And man, she got paid. Dolly Parton got a check for that. Man.
1: Oh, I mean,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, she, you know, she never had to record again after like her song, you know, gets recorded by her. So, but yeah. All
1: right. What else? Anything else? Your favorite. Uh, Suzanne Vega, Tom's Diner. I didn't know it was in a movie.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's not a, it's not a great movie. It's, it's Untamed Heart with uh, Christian Slater and the lovely uh, Marisa Tomei, who is incredible in everything. I love Marisa Tomei very much. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it's, uh, it's the, it's, by the way, it's not like her original acapella version. It's the DNA, right. you know, dan- dance version, which is, yes. by the way, the, the only version that she does now in concert.
1: Well, it's honest. It's good. It's so good. No, she loves it. Such she, a good version.
2: But the, the song, the original, you know what the original title of the movie was as What's that? No, Untamed Heart. It was originally called Baboon Heart. <sighs> Because right. he, he plays a guy with a heart what? condition, mm-hmm. and his life is saved when he gets a baboon heart trans, transplanted into his, oh, into his Lord. chest. So it was called, <laughs> babo- they called it baboon heart at the beginning. Oh, no. And so the, the studio was like, you can't call it baboon heart. It, nobody is going to go see a romantic movie with Marissa Tomei and Christian Slater called baboon heart. That's yeah, no gonna...
1: one's gonna think it's a romantic. Everyone's gonna think they're yeah. duped when they go in. They <laughs> they go in and watching this, and they're like, "What the hell?"
2: Exactly, like me being a horror fan, I'm like, "Yeah, man, Baboon
1: Heart." Yeah, and then it's like,
2: <laughs> "What's all this kissy stuff? Why are they making kissy faces?
1: Uh, uh, why are they making kissy faces?" Yep. I just here's
2: what I remember about that movie. It sucked, but mm-hmm. Marissa Tomei was extraordinary in it. I remember because I mean, Marissa Tomei is incapable of not being beautiful and awesome in everything yeah. she does. Um, and, uh, I even like her in the goddamn Spider-Man movies. That's how much I like Marissa Tomei. Um, (laughs) but she, she's amazing in Untamed Heart and has so many beautiful moments in it. But the only thing I remember about that movie is like, he dies. I don't want to ruin it. Well, fuck it. I ruined it. He (laughs) His 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 uh, his his baboon heart his, gives his out. His
1: baboon heart goes out. Mm. <laughs>
2: yeah, but mm. here's what I remember. You know how it go. You know when it goes baboon out. And I'll heart. tell you. And explain. Let me explain to you how 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 his baboon heart fails him in the movie. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> He's a big. If I remember correctly, and again, I'm just remembering. I've not seen this movie in 30 years. You know what I mean? So I'm just remembering from when I saw it the one time. Um, and again, the only thing I remember about it was how amazing Marissa Tomei was. But, but like Christian Slater, if I remember correctly, Mr. Baboonheart, he gets his baboon heart, mm-hmm. and he's all like he's all happy and shit. And he and Marissa Tomei are in love, and they're oh, baboon hearts are nice. And then, <laughs> if I remember correctly, he's like a big hockey fan in the movie. Okay, and he goes to a <laughs> they go to a, <laughs> they go to a hockey game. And like his heart starts acting up, he's not you know like his baboon heart is like you know yeah. acting like a he's acting like a baboon, and his i his ass doesn't turn red or anything, which
1: is odd i would i mean that that would uh that would maybe people who went in well no because they didn't it wasn't called baboon heart, but if it right. had been, I think that might have been redeemable if all right. oh cool, his ass is turning red because he's got oh, a he's turning into a baboon all right. <laughs>
2: Christian Slater has a red ass in baboon heart. So, so anyway, they're at this hockey game, and he loves hockey. And you know, he's only got—they gave him like a, a limited time. The baboon heart's not going to last forever. So he's given like a short period of time. And the movie is about should they start this relationship because he's got this baboon heart. He might be dead, you know, at some point. So they're not going to
1: give him another one.
2: I, I can't remember. Maybe it was temporary. Maybe the baboon heart was temporary. This is like for temporary.
1: now and then, like yeah. Here's get a,
2: another one. This will get you by for a few weeks. Here's a baboon heart. You'll be all right. So <laughs> uh-huh. so he's. <laughs> I'm not making this up, by the way, as well. This
1: is real. No, is I completely believe it. And, I and, completely believe it. It fucking Suzanne
2: Vega's song is in it. Anyway, <laughs> so he they she goes to a hockey game with him, and like he's not and he's sick. I think he starts sweating. The heart, the baboon heart, is. Wanting bananas or something? I don't know. And he – and so, like, I just remember that there's a slap shot and a, and a puck flies out into the crowd and he catches the puck, like a souvenir puck. Mm-hmm. He catches the puck, like, in slow motion. It's like <gasps> – and he's never been happier in his life. Like, he's yeah. always wanted to go to a hockey game. He couldn't go to a hockey game because he had a bad heart. Now he's got this baboon heart. He can go to a hockey mm-hmm. game. He's in love with Marissa Tomei, like, the beautiful, most beautiful woman on the planet. And, and now he catches a hockey puck at the game, and he dies. Wow. <laughs> That's all I remember. <sighs> he goes to a hockey game, he catches a hockey wow. puck, and the baboon heart gives out. He's like smiling and dies in front of Marissa Tomei holding a hockey puck. Wow.
1: I mean, I'm glad he's happy he died happy that's good
2: he did and then and then like they i don't know what you know he climbed up a tree after that i have no idea
1: no he was dead
2: he was dead that's right yeah so anyway untamed heart better known as i still like to refer to it as baboon heart so um oh the next one is another song i can't stand um
1: oh you don't like that
2: song oh i hate it it's the proclaimers um
1: I will walk 500 yeah. miles. Again, saw them at a tweeter site when I was working. They opened for uh, Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, my <laughs> God.
2: <laughs> oh. Well, I worked at Ginger's Ale House where a lot of um, Irish, Scottish, and uh, and English folks hung out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that goddamn song, every five minutes. And that movie, I hated the movie. The Johnny Depp, yeah, uh,
1: Benny and Benny and June. Oh,
2: I hated it! I hated it so much. Oh <laughs> my god! And that song every five minutes. I will. And the dorks with the glasses.
1: I will. Ugh. Wow.
2: So at the uh, Twitter, what about I, the I,
1: next song?
2: Uh, the UB40 version of Can't Help Falling in Love. Yes, uh, I love it actually.
1: What about the movie Sliver?
2: Terrible. <laughs> uh, I did see that. Um. You saw Sliver?
1: Yeah, I watched it, like, rec- like, within the past few years because I was – because I would see this – I knew the song. I knew the song. I loved the song. And then there was, like, bits and pieces in the movie – or from right. the movie and the video. Yeah. So I was like, I should probably watch this dang no. movie. It's on. I think it was on one of the free channels. It was – yeah, it was not good.
2: No, it's terrible. That was, like, right after Basic Instinct when she when Sharon Stone was just making, like, how many movies can I make where I'm half naked having sex? Yeah. and. A terrible movie. I just remember uh, William Baldwin's ass is shown a lot. I just oh, well, I didn't that get I, to see that. I, I was remember that, it on the free channel. So. I just remember <laughs> that there's a scene where she's like standing, and all of a sudden, in the frame, walks
1: his butt, his, his butt, ass. His, like seriously, wow. a close
2: up. Like in the free, you're watching, and all of a sudden, kabam! Here's William Baldwin's ass close up.
1: Well then, yeah. I mean, for the ladies.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, how about the next one, Uh, Stay from Lisa Loeb?
1: I love this song. I hated the movie. Yeah, I I don't really remember the movie much. I hated it.
2: It was supposed to be this statement about Generation X, and I'm of Generation X, and it's bullshit. But, yeah, I mean, usually they're never never right. And I hated it, and it makes me mad because, like, uh, you know, Ben Stiller made it, Mm and— Um, I hated all. I hated everybody except except for the guy that you were supposed to hate. Ben Stiller is the one you're supposed to hate. He's like the corporate guy that works for MTV in the movie, yeah. and like you're supposed to hate him, but mm-hmm. like slacker ass Ethan Hawke, you know, and Janine Garofalo Who was a
1: dick though. Wasn't he's he? a
2: douche bag in that movie. And now I love I love Ethan Hawke. I love him. Yeah, I, he's awesome. Uh, but I hate him in that movie, and I hate the character. And that goddamn song, I don't hate the song. The song is that, Esmeralda, would you oh, agree? Is I love is, this song. Is what, let's, let's see if we agree on this one. That is one of the quintessential 90s songs.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah.
2: I remember it, it, uh, when I was working at, uh, at uh, Ties, right down the street from Ginger's, mm-hmm. the Reality Bites soundtrack was on the jukebox. Oh, and my friends hated it. We all hated it. You know what I mean? We hated the goddamn movie at that point. And I didn't want to hear the song anymore. And Ethan Hawke directed the video. I remember that was the one thing that I remember. Is it, I, you know, he I was didn't a, know it, that. Oh, yeah. It was a big deal. Ethan Hawke directed the video. Nobody wanted. It was Ethan Hawke's idea to put the song in the movie because he knew Lisa Loeb and she was unsigned. And no, nobody I wa- think
1: that. No, it was um, is the other way. Ben Stiller.
2: Was it Ben Stiller?
1: Yeah, Ben Stiller knew her.
2: Oh, okay. I thought it was I know Ethan. It from
1: Hawk. the pop-up video. <laughs>
2: uh, oh, okay. But Ethan Hawk Okay, there you go. Speaking in 90s right there. But Yeah, um- it was Ben
1: Stiller. Okay, he- I thought yeah, it was Ethan he Hawk. He was familiar with her. He knew her Oh, it okay. but it was Ben Stiller.
2: But Ethan Hawk did direct the video. I know that for a fact. Okay. So Ethan Hawk directed well, look the at video. Him. And I remember uh I remember somebody would pl- like when people would play it, my friends would be drinking it uh, at they would visit me at ties and start drinking. And somebody would play and he and one of my friends would be like, "Who the fuck played this Ethan Hawk shit?"
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. What's next here? Um, so I'm going to jump down a few because this is one of my favorite songs, and I love to do it for karaoke. Yeah. A Seal, Kiss from a Rose, from the Batman Forever Batman soundtrack. Forever. Yep. Great soundtrack, by the way. <laughs> uh,
2: yes. I enjoy I, that soundtrack thoroughly. I do, too. I, I do, too. And, it's a, and in fact, it's a soundtrack that I mentioned. Uh, I did a a, a, a Facebook post um a, a couple of months ago where i made a list of soundtracks that were better than the movie mm. um and that's on the list so that's a great, it's a terrific soundtrack a terrific yeah. soundtrack yes. uh, the u2 song is uh, is great on that one yes hold me thrist me kill me kill me or whatever the hell it is i love that song but um but yeah it's kiss from a rose man
1: i that Ooh. song is oh,
2: please love that song it's one of my favorites i love seal that that album the self-titled Seal album that came out. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. With Prayer for the Dying on it and and Kiss from a Rose. Uh, it's a great record. It's one of my favorite albums. That's one of those. That's an album that I listen to a lot. A lot. But yeah, that's a great song. So you love that one, huh?
1: I mean What is it yeah. about it that, that what is it about I don't that you love? Know. Hmm. I don't know. Well, there's the part. Um, I don't know there's something about that not even the chorus I mean there is because like at the end it gets so like yeah. so it's really fun it's <laughs> it's very fun to sing it's a dramatic song yeah it's
2: a dramatic song at the end yeah
1: yeah that too
2: yeah 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 yeah. Uh, it's a great it's song so I think I think Seal is great I, I, I love Seal I just think yes. he's great I think he's yes. great yes Okay. Hey, we're going to have to save some of these more for because there's yeah, so sure. many more. For Let's sure. Let's save some more of them. Let's taste some pizza flavored candy. You ready? Mmm. Dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Archie. Archie McPhee. We've tasted a bunch of Archie McPhee's other candy. We've been taste testing weird candy, and now we have pizza flavored candy. Yeah. It's it's hard candy, very much like the kind of thing that you would see. It looks oh, like the boy. kind of thing you see. You. Oh my God! I'm smelling it right now. Here we go. It, it smells it like. It really pizza.
1: smells like pizza.
2: Okay, here we go. Candy. Pizza candy. What?
1: Bo- oh, no, thank you. Oh. oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I oh. can't get it out of my mouth quick enough. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my. Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, my God. That is the first. I think that's the first time we've ever had this bad of reaction. Oh, my God. I mean, you had the cherry, but that was but like, that's just that's a personal like a past thing. history thing. No, this is oh. shit. Oh, oh. my God. Oh. Oh my God, that was oh. terrible! Holy Blew, shit! It's in my mouth. It's still, it's still the taste. Oh! Oh uh, no! Jesus no, no. Christ! Let me do no. the pl- let me do the plugs real quick, the
2: Holy oh. shit! Uh, okay. We do not recommend Archie McVie's pizza.
1: Yeah, no need. By the Holy way, it's sold. Shit. It's out of stock on the website. Thank oh, God!
2: God Almighty! <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Was that, that was bad. really. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I have to stop was... this. I, I immediately, yeah. when I'm done talking, I'm brushing the teeth. Holy yeah, yeah. shit. Uh, hey, be a sponsor. I know that Archie McPhee won't be. <laughs> 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 be a sponsor of the uh, Nick D podcast. Uh, advertise with us. You will reach a lot of people. For some reason, this is a very popular podcast. So be a sponsor. Advertise. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. You can be a part of the podcast. Leave your voice, mail messages, about anything at 773-417-6948. <clears throat> Drop us an email at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skagg for all his great work. Uh, my thanks to you, Esmeralda, because you rule the planet, as oh, always. thank you. And Rose Abdu, what a lovely visit with, uh, with Gypsy. From Gilmore Girls. Uh, please check us out at RadioMisfits.com. Check out all the other podcasts there. Rate and review us. Take the time to rate and review us. We're available on every platform. And uh, the next time we talk, Dog Julin is going to join us. Dog is, an amazing, Dog is an amazing musician, one of the founders of Poy Dog Pondering, among other great uh, oh. bands. Yeah. And so he's going to join me uh, on the next episode. Esmeralda, I'm going to brush my teeth. I know that uh, mouthwash is inevitable. Yes. I'll see you in a little bit when we're yelling and screaming about how great Tears for Fears are, okay?
1: Yay! Right. Thanks
2: for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Nick D Podcast and the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. See ya!